Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 205 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me today via the internet is my good buddy, Mikey Manshot. How are you doing today? Hello, I am doing swell. Thank you, Austin. And uh, you've brought a friend here, kind of a spontaneous uh, moment for the show, which is very exciting. We actually have the director of the movie we are talking about today, Mr. Curtis David Harder. How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing good. All right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We were just talking before I hit record about how this happened. Um, I was watching Influencer the other day, which is a movie we're also going to talk about that just released on Shudder. Um, and halfway through, I was talking to Mikey, and he was like, yeah, that's the same director as Spiral. I was like, oh, my God, I love that movie. No wonder I like Influencer so much. And uh, he tried to get him on, and we got him on, and here he is. So thank you for being here today, Curtis. I, I really appreciate it. I'm going to uh, pick your brain here about how you got into filmmaking and all that stuff, because I was uh, looking over your IMDb, and um, it looks like your first feature film, you were 18, if this is all correct, please correct me if I'm wrong, and it was a yeah. movie called Cody Fits that you <laughs> um, you wrote, directed, edited, and produced, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. No, I, I like, I mean, I've wanted to be a filmmaker since I was... Since I, since I can remember, really. Nice. Um, and then kind of like right out of high school, we I really wanted to make a feature and I got rejected by a bunch of film schools. And so I had some money saved up. And so I was just like, eh, let's... I was, I was camera assisting a bunch of the time. So I was able to kind of talk to a bunch of people that I had kind of been working on their stuff uh, as like a volunteer and stuff. And I'd kind of built up some favors um, and managed to get like a little crew together of, of mostly teenagers. Um, and <laughs> we made that first movie. And it's, That's... I don't know if you can, I don't think it's findable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it's, it's kind of cool that, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it wasn't cool at the time, but you know, you said you got rejected from a couple of film schools, um, which mm. I'm sure does suck when it happens. But cause I, I, am very indie novice filmmaker myself, uh, ma- mainly an actor. And I wanted to go to film school, but it's also just really expensive. And I'm not going to lie, I wasted my parents' money doing what they wanted me to do, going to college for something else. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And thinking about it, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I went to film school. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, I mean, film school is great. Like, it'll teach you how to, you know, do camera work, learn how to edit, learn how to run a set but when it comes to the creative aspect of it i feel like you don't necessarily have to go to film school to be a successful filmmaker and voila here you are <laughs> um so my theory is yeah. right <laughs> well i think i think like every path's different like especially like you wouldn't want to be able to just go do it if if we're talking about careers like a doctor but when it's the arts like so much of it is self-motivated so if you need that structure of school you're probably not going to thrive in such a like self-driven career path so i think like there's a lot of like writers or filmmakers or or musicians it's like that that traditional education can help you and you might in i think in film school the the biggest benefit is you meet a lot of people your age who are kind of also in the same boat as you and i know a lot of people that went to film schools and they still work with those same people that they went to school with decades before but for me i was just like i i was able to kind of go get work on sets like just volunteering initially and then i started like making money as a camera assistant you get to you kind of get your ass kicked doing that and you learn a lot faster than i think film school would teach you oh, it's yeah. real world like it's you're seeing it actually done as opposed to the, the theory of it right it's very super swim, and that's how i prefer to learn <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you kind of you either do it or you don't there's a lot. yeah <laughs> yeah 
So, yeah, so, and again, I'm reading some stuff here that, uh, from all the stuff you've done, um, you've actually got five wins for, uh, some, some awards here. It looks like Best Thriller Feature for Influencer at the Nightmares Film Festival, Best Director for Influencer from something called Film Quest, uh, Best Screenplay for Influencer, which is, it's just killing it right now, uh, at Bloody in the Snow Canadian Film Festival, and then also Best Feature for Spiral, at Otherworld's Austin Sci-Fi Film Festival, and then Stillborn for Scariest Film Award at the Overlook Film Festival. So uh, I, I'm going to say from 2018 and on, you've just been crushing it and killing it. You've also <laughs> produced a whole bunch of movies uh, as well, including VHS 94, I noticed. That stood out to me. Uh, a movie called Z, which I believe is another Shudder original. Um, I think I saw yeah. that a while back. And then uh, uh, a movie called What Keeps You Alive, which is another movie I like. But I do want to ask about VHS 94 just because I'm such an avid fan of that. Uh, so how did that work exactly? Did you did you like produce the whole thing? or Because I know it's, you know it's all segments, so I didn't know if like you were involved in each little short or like what was the process for you with VHS 94? Yeah, with 94, I was helping oversee kind of all of it. Um, Timo shot his segment over in Jakarta. So okay. they were kind of separate. They just kind of did their thing and, and turned in the, the finished short. Um, but we shot the other four up in uh, just outside of Toronto. Um, and so we, we kind of, it was split over several months. We did kind of two at a time and then did a couple separately. But, but yeah, kind of was, was there from the, kind of the beginning of the shoot to the end. That's awesome. Um, so where did you guys, you guys say you shot that in Toronto? And that was probably during COVID, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, it was right in the height of COVID. So we, what we did on that one is like, basically we, we overtook this huge holiday and like conference center hotel. Um, <laughs> and what we did was we had the, the entire cast and crew is like, I can't remember how many people, like 50 people or something. Everybody moved into this hotel and just lived there while we were shooting in prep and and we did like testing on the like as everyone arrived and then kind of everybody was able to just stay in the hotel. Nobody was allowed to leave. Um, and that was kind of how we built like a safety bubble. And they had these huge conference rooms. So we just built sets in the actual hotel. So it was, it was kind of an interesting. It felt like camp a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They didn't mind all the screaming yeah. and all the uh, the horrific noises <laughs> coming from no, the conference they were, they were room. Pretty, it, was, it was a cool, I guess it was, it was cool kind of having like two different industries that are both getting hit pretty hard by COVID. And we were able to kind of, become a bit symbiotic because the hotel they weren't getting a lot of tourism mm. not a lot of people traveling at the time so we were able to kind of take up those rooms and kind of vice versa they were able to be supportive of kind of an unconventional yeah. setup with having all these people come stay for a short period of time yeah especially well because i know canada was taking that very seriously us, us down in the states yeah. where we were not uh and i'm in <laughs> i'm in florida so they didn't they don't give a fuck down here oh yeah yeah oh my goodness so that's pretty yeah. cool excuse us we're in the worst states yeah florida and texas, florida and texas so <laughs> don't judge me yeah. by where i'm from i promise i'm not part of the problem i just live here I, oh god i've been trying to get out of the state <laughs> yeah. for so long um, now I've heard a little birdie told me that you're like me when it comes to horror movies and that you kind of got into them later in life. Um, you didn't like grow up watching them. So I'm curious yeah. as to now during the making of stillborn, that's when you were researching horror movies. So I was wondering, what were you watching during your little research? Uh, cause you were watching like a few a night. Um, what were you, mm. what were you watching? Like what movies in particular? Kind of everything. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like, like. Kind of like all the all the newer stuff, like like the um, now I'm blanking off the top of my head of all. Oh the no worries, no worries. A ton, but yeah, no, like all, all of like the the kind of the newer uh, Conjurings and and all of those kind of films, anything that was kind of making a splash um, as like the new horror, but then also kind of going back and 
and rewatching like Rosemary's Baby and kind of oh. branching off from those those kind of films where it's you're watching kind of older stuff that also kind of made those splashes. Okay. Um, because the big thing for us was just understanding, okay, what what are what are the audiences like? What what is the audience expecting? How do you kind of keep them surprised? How can we actually be helpful as producers to help kind of elevate? And yeah. that was still more at the time, yeah. And I know that we are going to get into your directing work, of course, um, because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you directed Influencer and then you directed both Spiral. Um, I think you also have two more that you directed. Uh, the first one that we discussed that you did at 18. Um, yeah. And then was it Stillborn that you directed also? No, so I also directed a little sci-fi movie called In Control, and then okay. also co-directed a, kind of a coming-of-age um, road trip comedy called Summerland. Nice. Okay, so, cool. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to ask, I did Z did pop out um, from your resume because I love Z. I thought it was perfectly creepy, and yeah. that's that's the the kind of horror yeah. movies that I like, especially like kids' imaginations. Of course, adults don't yeah. believe them, and it's just it's so scary. And like when the toy starts interacting, I know you're a producer on that. So you know, when whenever people talk about being a producer, or whenever we we have producers involved. Um, in my point of view, it's it's kind of a very broadly used very broad, term. Yeah. Um, so, like with Z, for example, what what did you do on the producer side of Z um, for that? I guess. Yeah. So, like from my perspective as a producer, like I, I fell into producing with Stillborn, um, and that was kind of like the first foray into just being a producer because I was always producing, but it was always for my own projects. Yeah. Um, and so what I what I really liked like. I've, I've worked with some producers um, where there's, there always seems to be a clash between the creative and the, the logistical side. And I think what I like to bring to the table is, is kind of an understanding of what we need to do from logistics and, and crew and, and kind of all of that side of like the production side of it, but also be a support because I'm a filmmaker myself. I understand what, what kind of support that I would like to have and how I can be kind of helpful from a creative standpoint from a logistical standpoint it's like oh do you want to do this sequence how can i yeah. kind of help make sure that you get what you want out of it on sometimes you're on a limited budget so you're trying to figure out how to be creative in terms of how you pull things off so for me it's always i i like to support filmmakers that i really like admire like brandon christensen who did stillborn z Superhost. i think like being able to support him do movies that i not necessarily like i would direct but i like to watch that kind of stuff so for me it's yeah. like how can i be how can i assist and help him make the best movie that he wants to make and achieve yeah. what he's hoping to get out of it. So yeah, I think that from my perspective as a producer, I'm, I'm really there just as a, as a creative support, like just there to make sure yeah. that they're getting what they need. Yeah. I, when uh, someone asked me one time, I felt, I didn't mean for it to sound this way. Cause I find, I kind of felt like a dick afterwards. Uh, I was like, well, a producer just helps you produce the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, yeah. But, but yeah, but there, there is like, it is a very broad term because you have like the executive producers more money motivated you or like money, money focus. It's like putting them, putting the, that side of the movie together. And then you have all the way down to like the line producer stuff where it's yeah. like very much, you're just dealing just with crew and you're dealing with, locations and all kind of all those different things and so when we're doing like an indie movie like z we're kind of multi-hatting a bunch of different things and just kind of trying to do a bunch of different stuff hmm. yeah perfect well to piggyback on that um i noticed too that so you didn't um was it you didn't write spiral but you directed it so i was wondering how did someone just mm -hmm. come to you with a script and you're like hey i want you to direct this or did it like how did you get involved with just directing and not actually writing spiral yeah, because that was that was the first time I I directed 
someone else's script. Right. Um, so that was written by John Poliquin and Colin Minahan, who we kind of produced with before. Um, so he co-wrote Stillborn. He directed What Keeps You Alive that we produced. And I'd kind of known him for a long time. And he had this script and he he thought I'd be kind of the right fit with kind of the psychological aspect of it, of kind of getting into someone's mind and, and breaking that all down. And that's the kind of stuff that interests me a lot. Um, and some of the parallels between like Influencer and Spiral, even though they're very, very different films, <laughs> kind of getting into why do people act the way that they do and and how, how can that break down? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, they were they were nice enough to let me direct it. So I assume you probably met him with uh, on on what keeps you alive. That's probably where you guys met, I would assume. Or did you get early on? So yeah, the first time we worked together officially on a feature was Stillborn. He was also producing. We produced that together. Um, And I'd known him for years in the kind of the Vancouver scene. He was a music video director at the time. Nice. um, When I first moved out there, and so I was camera assisting on his stuff, and we kind of got to know each other, and then started working together. Yeah, I noticed too. I was going through his. I was going through Collins' uh, little uh, IMDb page. And I noticed he uh, directed Grave Encounters, which me and Mikey mm-hmm. were just talking about the other day because one of our friends hadn't seen it, and I was like, "Oh, dude, you got to watch Grave Encounters. That's such an yeah. awesome movie." Classic. Yeah, so I thought that was a little uh, interesting because that we were. It was just a relevant conversation we were having. Um, now, in regards to Spiral, I'm just not. I'm just. It's just curious as to why why it was set in 1995. Because I noticed that it started in 83 and then, you know, you pick back up in 95. Was there just was there a reason for setting it in that time in particular? Yeah, I think it was just is kind of that pivotal time of, of kind of the, the LGBT movement and the kind of like the resurgence. And I think like for us, it felt like the right without getting too spoilery. It's like these are the kind of people they would target in that time zone, that, yeah. that time period. So okay. I think it, it kind of felt natural. I, I think 90s aesthetic is is really fun to explore. It was, oh, yeah. It was kind of like. It felt like sometimes with cell phones and everything, it kind of, even though Influencer is all about that, we kind of use that to, on purpose, we use phones and we we, we kind of have it be very open-ended of the idea of being targeted while being literally watched by hundreds of thousands of people. But with a movie that's very small town and very kind of insulated, it kind of felt like if you can get the phones out of the way, it, it makes it to me a lot more interesting yeah i think it makes yeah. it more interesting yeah. and a lot more creepy too because you know you don't yeah. have that technology in your hand at all time you know it's hard got, to call someone on the last yeah minute. yeah you've got you know polaroids you've got landlines you've got those big clunky computers so yeah do you want to say something mikey um no well i mean i know that we are uh, we originally were covering spiral because this is an episode that's going to be released during pride month and it was one of the selected lgbt horror movies that we had um so i am actually i i think i've told you this in, in discord and um i was like yeah i actually uh have a husband and we have an adoptive daughter so spiral was like oh <laughs> shit like yeah. you know this isn't the 90s anymore but you know um and so as and <laughs> i will admit everybody when i met Curtis, I was like, hey, by the way, are you part of the LGBT community? Because you made a, a, a gay movie. Yeah, um, and so do people ever assume that about you just because of the films that you've made? Yeah, no, it, it comes up all the time. I think it, it's kind of a funny thing because my producing partner, Chris, is gay and like but comes across very he's a, a bit of a macho guy and like and a little more serious um and like he's always doing stunts and hanging up bridges and stuff and so it's always funny when, when we're introduced to people people always assume that i'm gay and that he's straight and it's always kind of a funny <laughs> funny switch up um so i think but like but yeah i think like just the nature of being kind of an artsy weirdo is, yeah like, did know, you yeah, I, oh sorry go ahead and I, and, I, and I think like I, I, I like I live in the West End in Vancouver, right beside mm. the gay community. Uh, 
big majority of my friends are gay. Like, it's just like kind of, it's feels very natural. I don't know. Yeah. So this may not have, have even like crossed your mind, but I also wanted to ask, like, as a straight man making a gay movie, was there ever any concerns that like you wanted to make sure you got like the message correct, make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think, I think like we had a really good support group, like three out of our three out of four producers on the film were LGBT, our lead actor. Um, Jeffrey brought a lot of like his own, um, John Poliquin, uh, a lot of the relationship stuff kind of came from, from his relationships and relationships that he'd seen. So I think we had, like, we had a really good support and they were, they were super supportive of me. And, and I, I definitely wanted to make sure that felt authentic and kind of often had JP was on set a bunch. And so he was able to kind of, if there was questions or if Jeffrey had questions that were more specific that I didn't have kind of the background for, there was a great kind of support system chris was on set sylvia brock who is our kind of production manager so i think like it's for me the story really is about kind of a man kind of psychologically breaking down and and feeling gaslit and feeling like all of these things around him are are you can't really trust like your own instincts and you can't trust your neighbors you can't trust anyone so for me that was what i like i really resonated that stuff and then kind of all of the other pieces we had we had a good support group for it yeah. yeah. And I just also wanted to say real quick about Spiral that um, the, I you say that Spiral and Influencer are like completely different movies, but there is a connection I'll make but later on. Yeah. Um, but um, it's mainly just one. And, you know, as a gay person, as a gay person who's heavily obsessed with the horror genre, it's something that I pay attention to. And so one of the reasons why I think this movie sticks out so much for me being an LGBT horror film is that... Um, it might be slightly spoilery, so if you don't want to hear it, I was going to say. I, I mean, if you guys don't mind spoilers, like I figured we would just talk spoilers and just put a. I'll put a sure. spoiler. Yeah, I'll, yeah, just because I do have questions that are definitely going to get into spoiler territory. So. <laughs> so, I really appreciate that this did not have a happy ending, because a horror movie needs to be horrifying. And Austin and I were talking the other day about um, how, like, when. Uh, regardless how you feel about Halloween kills, when the gay couple got murdered, people were mad. They were like, oh my God, they killed. And I was like, yes, because it's like gay people can die. Like everybody like calm down. They're Um, invincible. Yeah. yeah, And like, yeah. Um, And so I really appreciated that this movie did not have a happy ending as bleak as it was, but it also Mm -hmm. made it like super powerful, like impacting, like it lasts quite a while after it ended. And um, yeah, I just, I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. Because I'm tired of like, usually gay horror films are really over-sexualized and then there's always like comedy attached to it. And then there's some sort of happy ending and it's like, okay, that's fine for a little while, but we need something more. So I'm really, it was refreshing to see it. Yeah, it was, it was refreshing to see it. yeah. yeah well i think because even at the end of that movie uh even at the end of spiral you realize that they're not just targeting like gay couples you, you know it's just yeah. people what, what did he say at the end they're targeting uh like morally or what is it weak people i wrote it down it's kind of the the idea of like the the social outcasts of the yes. current climate so something yeah, so it's like, like yeah, the have, next round is like the i believe they're a muslim yeah family. sikh family actually sikh, so we yeah. kind of played with that a little bit where it's like sikhs got the short end of the stick because they had nothing to do like yeah. it's like they were getting lumped in and it, I, I found that kind of fascinating it's like no sikhs even if you do blame 
like the Muslim community, you're kind of getting it wrong on top yeah. of the fact that yes. you're just judging a big group. Yeah. But in a way, it's also like, hey, like minorities should like stick together and help each other out, <laughs> regardless <laughs> yeah. of how you feel about anybody. Yeah. So, because I did like that also that the gay couple, you know, post mortem yeah. is trying to help out. The, yeah. Uh, well, it's like yeah. it's like the yeah, it's like the sacrifices of what we do in our like our generation. It's hopefully we're always building to make the next generation better because. Sometimes you just can't fix the problem instantly. It's going to take yeah. take multiple generations. Yeah, I yeah. think the ending there with that voiceover of uh, I believe I think it's Malik and how he's just essentially setting up. He's like, I don't know who's going to find this, uh, but like this, yeah. these people are crazy. Here's the information you need to uh, hopefully combat this and you know maybe stop what they're mm -hmm. doing because the reveal. Oh my god, the reveal when Malik sees the picture of Tyler and he's like, holy shit, this is from 1985 and he's the same age. I was like, okay, this is some like vampire shit going on. I don't know exactly some cult activity, but the ending was, yeah, I'll agree with Mikey. It was, it was so powerful. And throughout the whole movie, you know, you really do question, okay, is Malik, is he just... Is he going crazy? Because, you know, you find out his pills got switched at one point. He's having those really odd things where, like, people are, like, jumping around on screen, like, moving from one place to the next. You're like, is he just crazy? And then, of course, Aaron's like, ah, everything's fine. We're good. Let's leave the doors unlocked. And I'm like, okay, Aaron, come on. You've seen a horror movie before. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the whole movie, really. And, and even the opening shot, like, the first two minutes of the movie I really love just the like swooping camera down to the car, which that couldn't have been easy to do, especially with all the reflections from the windows. Cause I'm like, I'm looking for a camera. I don't see a camera. Wow, that's, that's very impressive. And you just, you set up the movie so quickly because you see them kissing in the car in 1983. You see a quick glimpse of, you know, I think it's uh, Aaron on the ground and Malik's just crying. And then it just cuts to 1995 and you're like, all right, that just, that set the tone for the rest of the movie for me. So I think you set it up so quickly and I just, I instantly knew what I was getting into from right from the beginning, which is, that's hard to do in like two minutes. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I really love the dynamic between Malik and Aaron because Malik is very cautious and Aaron is like, again, nah, we're fine. So I think you did such a solid job. Uh, directing this and um, Colin Colin was the one that wrote this correct Colin and John Paulquin yeah they co-wrote it together okay okay um, so yeah Mikey Spiral what did you think about it give me some thoughts here um, I thought I was I pretty much have already fanned this movie's nuts for the past five <laughs> minutes as Doug would say it's a good thing Curtis um, <laughs> so, you but, might not know the know, lingo <laughs> I'm, I'm trying I'm usually really loud and obnoxious I'm trying to control myself but when you were like yeah don't trust your neighbor don't trust whatever I was like yeah and don't trust reviewers for this movie because another thing we were talking about last episode we reviewed knife plus heart or knife and heart yeah. I don't know what the correct title is it's the plus Something, sign yeah. um and it's a great movie, but you can't rely on the reviews because it's a gay movie. And right. regardless of how good it is, people are going to put that first. And so like when I looked at IMDb, the first review I got was like a negative one. And I was like, this, this is a trash review. And because everyone <laughs> I know in person, everyone who knows me is like, that movie's amazing. And then you yeah. just have people that, you know, the same thing that happened to Little Mermaid got like, all these negative yeah. stars before it even came out because people are stupid. Nobody's even seen it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So um, I definitely recommend this one. Um, don't get it confused with the Saw Spiral movie. 
or 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 <laughs> or the spiral from 2007 there's another one too yeah. uh it is spiral from 2019 and it is a shutter original now with that i'm curious did, did shutter just solely just dis- distribute the film for you or did they have a hand in it at all or is it just they bought it and they put it on streaming yeah yeah spiral uh they bought it um kind of after it was finished so they they saw it and it connected with them and they they were super supportive and, and picked it yeah. up after the fact nice and is this, that the yeah. same with like influencer because sometimes when we see like yeah. a shutter exclusive or original we're like mm-hmm. what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean? What, are the, what is the difference? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Influencer was another one where they they knew about it when we were shooting it. Um, and Influencer as a bit of a thriller, we we were like that'd be cool if Shutter wanted like was interested in it. But it, it was we weren't fully sure because obviously Spiral is much more of a, a straight kind of more of a in the full kind of genre realm, whereas Influencer is definitely more in the the thriller side. So it was it was cool. Yeah. They they but they they came on pretty early on right after we shot the film for that so you guys um, have like a pretty good kind of done that oh sorry go ahead yeah we have a good relationship like nice. they financed vhs um nice oh cool so that was like that was with with shutter from the very beginning yeah. um and Shutter's brandon just really did a well. movie yeah. yeah they are yeah <laughs> like when i see a shutter uh tag on a movie i'm like okay this is probably gonna be good <laughs> yeah yeah, like Shutter Original. I'm like, uh, okay, I got to go check that out. Um, so, th- so I assume this goes to you know your your films got to kind of do like the festival tour a little bit, and then someone picks them up. Yeah. Obviously, Shutter has been picking them up. Do you plan to continue, or at least hoping that they'll keep picking up your movies going forward? Yeah, I mean, Shutter has like a great audience, and they're super supportive. They, it's cool how they curate stuff, and they really care. It's like some of the other streamers. It feels like horror is kind of like on the sidelines, whereas it's cool to have a platform that's it's just fully dedicated to yeah. trying to find the best stuff. Yeah. I love it. Um, and also it's funny. I know that I'm a horror fan before I'm a gay person because when the RuPaul's Drag Race Canada came out, uh, J- is J.P. Boyer Chapman or no? Uh, uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman was one of the, yeah. the hosts. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, he's little, from... A little heat he's, in that. Yeah. He, everyone, well, that's besides the stuff. But... Um, <laughs> I will say the drag race, the drag race fandom is savage. I'm, I like watching, yeah, yeah. but I'm not that, I'm not that savage. But everyone's like, oh, he's from X Y Z, and I'm like, oh, he's from Spiral. <laughs> That's where yeah. I know him from. <laughs> so, you know him. yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I gotta say, for someone, so okay, so we talked about you getting into horror late. Like, how how late was it for you? Because for for me, it was about I was about fourteen, fifteen when I really got into it. So, how old were you when you really? Uh, like, you know, before you were doing, um, what was it, Stillborn? About how old were you when you started, like, really getting into these horror movies? Yeah, when we, I'm trying to remember, I was around 22, 23, maybe. Okay. When we, I mean, like, I think, like, I was watching stuff like like The Shining and and those, those kind of adjacent horror films. Um, but kind of the straight genre stuff was just stuff that, like, I'd, I'd seen a couple. I remember really, like, I loved cry wolf when i was like 14. oh yes. yes okay that, like we we would keep renting that movie and i don't know like for some reason that movie connected okay with us. um but like but yeah it, was, it, it wasn't like i i didn't watch a lot of it it was it was kind of here and there a couple films along the way but once once we started making them that that was what it kind of all kind of came together yeah well so i'm just saying it's it's impressive for someone that got into it so late to make like two back-to-back horror movies um like super original stuff here i mean like spiral was very original to me and influencer is 
probably one of the most original movies I've seen in, in quite some time because not only is it relevant, but it is just extremely like it's what's happening right now with social media influencers yeah. and everything. So it was such a relevant topic, and uh, you really made me like the bad guy for so long. Um, <laughs> so we'll get into that in just one second. I had one more question. Where the hell did it go? Um, oh yeah. So speaking on the last two movies you've directed, going forward, is is horror something that you want to continue doing, um, or do you want to like kind of branch off and do other things? Because I mean, you're killing it with horror movies, and I, I'm excited to see what you do next. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to stop doing horror movies. I think for me, I've always looked up to directors like like Soderbergh or Danny Boyle who who do horror like and will come back to it and and keep jumping and doing kind of interesting stories within the space, um, but then also go off and do kind of very different stuff. And so for me, I like kind of trying new things and, and every story having a, a new challenge to kind of tackle. Um, like Spiral was very much a grounded horror movie and set in middle America and then influencers off were traveling all over Asia. So it was, <laughs> it was kind of like that for like it's for me, I'm always looking for like what's the next kind of challenge I can sink my teeth into. Yeah, okay. And what what's something you would like to make next? Like, do you have any specific genre in mind that you'd want to do? Like a uh, supernatural creature? Like, I mean, what would you like to do? Yeah, I love anything kind of psychological. Okay. Um, we've got a couple movies in in the works um, that we're hoping to go pretty soon. Mm -hmm. um, nothing really to announce yet, but okay, kind of adjacent, horror adjacent for sure. So kind of so, like influencer, it's... like horror elements, but like kind yeah, of yeah. And... Yeah. more elements and and more in the thriller or like i also love like the sci-fi space um so kind of yeah a bit of huh. a mix um okay. i have i have a, a very personal question to ask you if you had to make an animal attack movie what animal would you make Ooh, <laughs> i like it oh. those are my guilty pleasures oh um, i love a good creature feature that's like I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a movie called exist uh it's a uh, Bigfoot uh, creature feet. Oh, I love that. That doesn't movie. count, Austin. That's a cryptid. <laughs> what? That um, counts. <laughs> and it's well, like, like maybe like the mantis shrimp. There's never been a movie about the mantis shrimp. Okay. Punches, as, you up. punches as hard as a bullet. Scary. <laughs> All right. I, I watched it and I That's a hard one. You, you're in? You're okay. I'll, I got one I'll, audience member. I'll start it in the go go for you. I'll be, um, a, I'll be, a, I'll be an associate producer on that one. Well, I only, it's on my mind because I realized today, guys, I was listening to a podcast about like six hours and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> it was so long. I learned so much. And then all of a sudden I was like, I need to stop listening to this podcast. What podcast is so, six hours? My God. I don't remember it. It was something about it. You were just in a daze there, Mikey. <laughs> I know. But anyways, um, so Prey Mantis Bullet Shrimp. I forgot what it's called. The Bullet uh, Shrimp. Yeah, Mantis Shrimp. I forget the name, too. Yeah. But yeah, the one that punches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one so that like, creates like, a, like a, a shockwave underwater. Oh, my God. Yeah, it has God. the, the force of a gun. Yeah. And people are surprised. When, animal. And people are surprised when it breaks their fish tanks. But anyways. <laughs> Um, and oh. you can incorporate your love of sci-fi into it. Like how does he exactly. get so big? Oh know? my God. I so love it. We're on to something. We'll take it to discord. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one more question about spiral and then we'll move on to the, uh, the movie of the hour here. Influencer. Did you pull any inspiration from any films, uh, for spiral or oh, I guess you did. I know you didn't write it, but like, I'm just wondering, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's so original. Like it really is. Uh, I just didn't know if there was any inspiration that came from any specific movies or if it was just something that happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember, like we, we shot this quite a while ago. We were watching 
quite a bit of stuff. Um, a movie that definitely stands out that the cinematographer and I watched was a movie called Super Dark Times. Oh, yeah. That one. The tone of that movie really resonated with me of just kind of like the uncomfortable, just this drearing tension. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a huge, definitely a big, a big reference. Um, but I'm trying to remember. It has been a number of years since we shot the film. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably been about four or it, five it years. It kind of blurs now. together. Yeah. 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 So. Um, all right, so let's go on here. Let's talk about Influencer. As uh, as I said, I just recently watched this one because I've been waiting for it to drop. Uh, I'm pretty – I try to keep my ear out for all the stuff that's dropping on. Fangoria usually has all the information in the world, and uh, they were like, new for June, Influencer. And I was like, oh, cool. So I made sure to watch it. Uh, me and my wife watched it together. We both loved it. Um, so yeah, this is one you, you did everything for. I mean, you edited, you produced, you, you directed. I mean, I mean, what is that like doing all of those jobs? I mean, it's gotta be exhausting. It's, <laughs> it's like... a lot of juggling for sure. I think like, again, it's like you're, you're kind of building a gr good group of, of people that you, you kind of handle everything together. We had a couple of producers over there, Micah and, and Tesh and, and Brandon was helping from who directed Z and, and Spile. He was helping kind of from the ground here. In, in the states he was at, at the time um so you get a good group together um we're all supportive and then then you're able to kind of just tag team all the things so i i like to produce all the prep and obviously i'm helping along the way but when we start shooting i can kind of take more focus on the directing hat yeah um i just wanted to say how i stumbled across it because it's kind of funny on fridays my discord and i we do a movie watch party and there's like a vote that usually happens where people are like, what do you want to see this week? And I forgot to submit my entry. And so oh, people opinion. people uh, were like, oh, let's watch House. And I was like, well, which one? The Japanese one or the American one? <laughs> and I thought it was the Japanese one. So I voted for that. And then when it came down to it, it was just three of us that were going to make it. And it was the American version. And I'm sorry, get your tomatoes ready. I do not like the American version, of, or not the version, but the American house. And I was like, it's okay. And, and I was like, can we watch something else? And they're like, what do you want to watch? And I put on Shutter and I was like, Influencer, let's watch that one. And so, because um, it was like brand new. And like, I was super into yeah. like, it just looked beautiful, even, you know, no matter what the movie was about all the stuff that was coming out. And turns out, I believe right now it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that correct? Yeah. Look yeah. at that. Certified fresh. Well, speaking of how beautiful it was, Mikey, uh, obviously I know you shot in, on location in Thailand. And uh, I just want to know what it was like shooting there because I, I love Thai horror. That's like one of my favorite uh, subgenres is Thai horror because there's the forests and everything there. They're just yeah. you, all you have to do is set a camera in the forest. Beautiful shot. Like I mean, so what was it like yeah. filming there as opposed to now? Where was Spiral filmed? I, was that filmed in Vancouver? Oh, uh, we sh we shot that in Canada, okay. just outside of Calgary, so, uh, Alberta. So, so. Well, you know, so going from there to Thailand, I mean, what was it like just shooting in and in, in just a gorgeous country? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like you said, you just point the camera and yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Um, so I think like, yeah, for us, it was like we we spent a good amount of time just scouting uh, and looking at the different places because we covered a lot of a lot of ground in Thailand shooting kind of throughout. Um, and the the big the big issue was just like we were shooting in the middle of COVID. Um, oh. We were originally supposed to shoot in 2020. It got pushed back a year and a half. And basically, we, we basically went as soon as the country allowed tourism to kind of come back slowly. Um, and it had a lot of positives and benefits. Like we we got access to, I think, to a lot of locations that we probably wouldn't have had in kind of peak uh, touristic times when there was so many people. Mm -hmm. 
and I think it lent itself to kind of the isolation aspect of the story of, of kind of feeling like you're isolated in these beautiful places, even though you have your phone and hundreds of thousands of followers. So I think like that kind of, it kind of helped with us in terms of the, of kind of building up the story, but obviously traveling around and getting into the country was, had its slew of problems. I oh, say. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like Thailand, I've also been told that you just have to put a camera on me and I'm just that beautiful. But <laughs> along are. with yeah. that, I will say that one of the biggest wins that I feel of this movie is that the influencer, um, the main girl, is actually likable. I think when people kind of see a movie like this, they automatically think they're going to hate. Like it's going to be like a whiny, yeah. spoiled influencer, but she's not. She plays it perfectly and she plays it to where you actually like her. You're like, oh, okay, she's just doing her thing. She's not, you know, someone that you would despise because of their popularity. Um, yeah, she's not insufferable. She really yeah, she's not like an insufferable character. Yeah, yeah, she was like, she'd be like an influencer yeah. that I would actually support. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tesh and I talked a lot about that, about the idea that we, like a lot of movies kind of just are able to dismiss influencers and kind of throw them under the bus. And I think like it, it becomes a bit of a, a running joke about look how narcissistically stupid these people are. Um, and it's just like, the, it's, it's such a broad statement. I think it's to just kind of judge every single person under a certain career path. Now I have my own issues with kind of the actual career aspect of it, of what you're contributing. Um, but I think in terms of like looking at who the individuals are beneath that and why they're, why, why they fall into these, these kind of positions of like wanting to do that as a, as a career job. And I think, but more like bigger than that, the, the movie really is about those kind of the first impressions and why we trust familiarity and why, why that can actually be kind of our downfall. And, and the idea of if you meet another American in, in another country, suddenly you just trust them for some reason. Whereas if you were at home, you would probably wouldn't. So it's yeah. like this idea of, of when you're in an unfamiliar place, you're looking for that familiarity. And why do we do that? Why, why is it that the case? So with all the characters in the film, we hope that you kind of judge them one way. And then we slowly kind of try to peel back some layers and then make you kind of question why you thought that in the first place. Yeah. And even on, on top of being American, when she meets, uh, the person that's currently living in Thailand, who is CW, is CW? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they meet each other, it's not also that they're American, it's also that they're female because mm -hmm. she's getting kind of creeped out by. Oh, Rupert, <laughs> right? Is his name Rupert? Yeah, Rupert. Rupert. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I don't know how. If y'all were raised with this, but you know, when I was raised, it was always like, if you get lost, if you're in trouble, go find a woman with a child for help. Yeah. And it's like, but what if she's not okay? And what so it kind of. What yeah. if she stole the kid? Yeah. <laughs> um, what if that other kid is lost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's so, collecting them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it um. It also plays with that as well, like the typical, mm -hmm. like the typical who you person can trust, who you think you should be able to trust. Yeah, mm. exactly. And now, um, Madison, who's our main influencer, who's played by Emily Tennant, um, was she given anybody to kind of study for this, or do you know if she pulled from any like influencer that for this role? To Ooh, be good like, oh, question. Yeah, we we referenced a bunch. Um, there was a bunch of kind of YouTubers that we were we were sending videos back and forth and being like, oh, this is kind of like how they look at look at how they kind of present themselves when the camera's on and you try to find some like behind the scenes videos where you see that kind of candid aspect of who these people are versus when they're on. Um, yeah. And then I, I'd met quite a few kind of like in passing influencer types down in LA 
and just kind of seeing like the the life that they portray i think like sometimes you wonder if like how could they be kind of miserable or or unhappy with their current situation um but i think we we get really accustomed to kind of our situation and where we're at in life pretty easily no matter kind of where you are um so i think like that was a big thing for me where yeah. it's like there's unhappy people in every facet of life i spent a lot of time in um doing kind of charity work in in like developing nations and found a lot of the kind of local people there much happier than people living in north america so it was, it was kind of like an interesting thing where just because you have all this stuff and you have all the attention and you have kind of everybody cares about you supposedly yeah. it doesn't actually give you that satisfaction and or maybe it's just not what you're looking for i think it's that outside acceptance that makes things stressful that people in third world mm-hmm. countries don't care they're like hey i have food yeah. like, it's healthy yeah, exactly. So, whereas it, yeah, if you're always having to present that appearances, it, it can skew how you view your own life when the camera's off. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking on that real quick, because I, I did notice that you did like commercials uh, for like humanitarian organiza- organizations such as uh, Com- <laughs> Compassion International and Child Care over in like 10 countries and like Uganda, Colombia, Haiti, stuff like that. Is that yeah. accurate? That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, in my early twenties, I spent a lot of time kind of overseas, um, wow. kind of filming sponsorship videos and, and doing stuff like that, which was, it was, it was really cool. It, it really grounds you and yeah. kind of makes you appreciate. Kind Did of you ever do work for the invisible children? <laughs> no. <laughs> was that, wait, was that invisible children was, what, what, what did they do again? It was Honestly. like the the I know they would go to Africa and like help the tribes yeah. and, and everything. Then like they had really, yeah, yeah. my my friend was really into like running fundraisers for them, and they always had really cool videos. So I was like, maybe oh, yeah. we worked on those. <laughs> there but, it goes. Uh, we did go to the community where the Coney twenty twelve thing was, which was fascinating because oh. all of those all of the people there thought the, the video was so funny because they're like, Coney's gone. We haven't. Can you can you help us? But like, oh, we, yeah. we don't need help with Coney. He's gone. Like, he's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that kind of why you were drawn to? Is there a reason you were drawn specifically to Thailand? Uh, I, I'm assuming you've probably yeah, been there I before. I well, I had it when we came up with the idea. Tesh and I were like, we were just kind of talking about that 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 core concept of of trusting familiarity and or the okay. idea that you go across, you travel really far, and then you want to eat Western food. Um, <laughs> and so I think like that, that was a big thing that started. And I, I, I had a plan, I'd planned a trip to, to Southeast Asia, and I was kind of going to a bunch of the countries. Um, and so we already had the idea. And so I used that while I was over there to kind of flesh it out and see what it's what it's really like. But I don't know, Thailand, Thailand specifically just kind of has that kind of magical allure. When, when COVID first hit, we were looking at possibilities because we we weren't sure if Thailand was ever going to open up because they were one of the countries that closed down like the hardest. Um, And so when Mexico and some of these other Latin American countries started opening up, we had a very brief conversation of like, do we just move it to a different tourist spot? And ultimately said, if we can't do it in Southeast Asia, it's not worth doing. So that was glad you waited. Yeah. Cause it definitely worth it to, to shoot there. Cause like, you know, so beautiful. Um, And like the, the, just the, the opening shot too of them just driving the boat across to that little island it was just such a gorgeous shot and i think i think one of my favorite parts about this is uh is the fact that you know i'm watching the movie i'm like i haven't seen this where the fuck is this title card at um <laughs> and you don't drop the title card you you pull like a uh, friday the 13th 2009 and yeah. you drop it like 27 minutes in and i was like oh I'm, i love this i was like this is so great <laughs> um because at that point 
you know, CW has taken Madison, who you think is going to be like the the star of this movie, and then Madison gets yeah. dropped off 27 minutes into the movie on this island, and it's great because the night before she's like, no, CW's whole monologue where she's saying, I'm going to leave you here, and then she goes off into that tangent, and then they start laughing. I was like, I think she's actually going <laughs> to do that, and then she does, and then we get the title card yeah. at 27 minutes, and uh, Madison's just sitting there like, oh, shit, she actually left me. Um, so I thought that was such a good, like, bait and switch, honestly. Like, I thought we were going to be following Madison around this whole movie. Just kidding. We're following CW. And like I said earlier, I really was rooting for her the entire movie. I was like, you know, I know she's the bad guy and she kind of <laughs> doesn't deserve this. But, like, I'm weirdly rooting for her. Um, if she ends up, you know, keep keeping doing the things she's been doing and the movie ends, I was fine with that. And then the second that she goes back to the island, I'm like, Madison's going to be there, isn't she? Isn't she? She's going to be surviving. Yeah, she's like, she's got to be a Girl Scout or something. My wife actually looked over at me halfway through and she's like, wouldn't it be funny if Madison was still alive? Like she was a Girl Scout or something. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. She does say that in her in her speech. Oh, wait, she, she talks about being a Girl Scout. Oh, yeah. does she? Oh, shit, I must have missed that. Okay, I must have been yeah. so giddy with excitement. Uh, so she <laughs> so she does actually say that. That's hilarious. Yeah, my wife's fucking, yeah. she's so smart. Uh, but, she's ahead of it, yeah. Yeah, She because I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, okay, there's a twist. There's another twist. I mean, how did you manage to pull off so many twists? Because I thought at a certain point, I was like, it can't get crazier than this. And then you just keep pulling these twists. So... Right. I'm just hats off to you for that because it kept me on my toes and kept me guessing the entire movie. I don't know if that's how you felt, Mikey, but man, this movie just did not disappoint at all. Well, what I really appreciate about the movie is something that not a lot of people are able to do, which is have you feel conflicted emotions towards characters you're not supposed to. So (laughs) in like Madison, of course, she's kind of like the sacred lamb. Like she doesn't really do anything bad. She's really just the victim Um, and then it switches to CW and you're like oh what a bitch but then you're like (laughs) oh but actually like I do kind of like her and then like when the boyfriend starts getting because you're also you're supposed to hate the boyfriend because he was a douche in the beginning and then you're like well I also really like him or is it just because he's really hot (laughs) no I actually do like him um And so it just you know and then the other influencer who comes I forgot her name at the moment um but yeah, but Jessica, Jessica like yeah. she's more of like the not terrible to where you don't like her, but she's definitely the more entitled personality. Yeah. But she also plays it well. Her business. Where, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She plays it to where it's not unlikable. You're like, okay, respect, you know? Um, and she like I like her too. And you're you know, you, I don't want anything bad to happen to her. Um you kind of want CW to get away with it, but just be like, hey girl, stop. Maybe stop the killing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, and then the boyfriend, the boyfriend was the biggest thing, the turnaround, because when he shows up, I was like, kill his ass, CW. I don't like him. But then <laughs> he actually starts like caring and like trying to help. And then I actually really like when Jessica and the boyfriend kind of team up. Cause it's like, okay, like now the influencers are on your tail. And so it's mm-hmm. just, it was, it's just written so well. It's very creative. Um, you know, the the location in itself is very beautiful, but also comes off as deadly, just like myself and CW. Um, and so, 
it just it works and it's really it, it's no surprise that it's certified fresh on rotten tomatoes honestly and so like you know i everyone that was on the at the watch party really loved it i haven't even seen a negative review i'm sure there's some out there because you know people are dicks people but, are the worst <laughs> yeah but i haven't it's seen the internet yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's one the one moment when uh, Jessica and CW are going back to her place and you see the roses laid out for Madison. My heart literally sunk to the floor. I was like, oh, my God, is that the boyfriend? He's here. And her whole plan just fucking unravels. And that was such a turning point in the movie where I was like, I am extremely uncomfortable. And anytime a movie gives me anxiety, like that's hard to do because I was so anxious the rest of the movie. And CW, she plays it off so cool. She like uses Madison's voice somehow and to like call Ryan's like yeah. you need to leave we're breaking up I'm just like oh my god CW is very crafty um she uh, oh. yeah like where did you where did you find the, that actress because she is she nailed that role yeah she kind of came out of nowhere she was recommended <laughs> from a friend of ours um another actor and we had coffee and she, we got her to do like a full table read that's kind of how we were uh, auditioning for this one with everybody was just doing as we were writing it just doing these full full reads of the script with different actors um and we actually she actually read for madison and uh, jessica first because we were we were kind of testing a bunch of different actors um and she she just kind of nailed the chameleon aspect of it of being able to kind of play multiple different people um and that's kind of what we were looking for is is kind of a character who can kind of turn it on a dime and we can kind of see how kind of crafty she is. Um, but yeah, I think like in terms of kind of all the technology and stuff, like the voice was, we actually did like a fake voice um, for Emily. We put her her voice into a program and did the deep fix for real and stuff. And Oh, that's cool. like all like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Those things are scary. And now. so like all that, all that narration when yeah. uh, CW's taken over her life, that's all, like it's all robotic. Like, Whoa. Yeah, well, I, I've actually heard that the new iOS for iPhone is actually going to have something similar where you can kind of create mm -hmm. your own Siri and you say a whole bunch, like 1500 words and it creates it. Yeah. So to do that, like practically that, that that's pretty impressive. Cause I was sitting there. I'm like, and the technology. Yeah. It's there. It's out. Yeah, it's, the technology was pretty prim primitive when we did it, but like, cause I think it was the only program that could, or like one of the very few. And now with AI, it's just, it's, it's like, scary it's coming true which is terrifying yeah it is it <laughs> yeah is i didn't even think yeah. about that aspect of the movie that it's so current right now because there's so many yeah. deep fakes and there's so yeah. many ways that i mean there's that tom cruise video oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, I forgot what it, what they were doing but where it's like it's not him but if you didn't know you would be like what the fuck is tom cruise doing um so yeah so that's actually really interesting I didn't think about that. Well, because because I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, okay. CW is trying to take over Madison's profile. Uh, she looks nothing like her. How the fuck is she gonna do this? And then you see her put like take the picture. And I'm like, okay, you're you're not like turning your face to try. You know, you got the wig and everything. That's great. But then yeah, she just yeah. takes her face and throws it on there. I'm like, oh my god, this is very very real because it's you know that's real shit that's happening right now ai mm -hmm. and all that stuff so i was like it's just it's so relevant and it makes that even creepier because that technology does yeah. exist it's not far-fetched at all um it's so, what they think that's what people think is happening to britney spears oh yeah it? yeah i've seen those tiktoks <laughs> of that girl thing. yeah it's yeah, they so, think like britney's gone missing yeah i've seen that so to throw that in there just made it, it just it added yeah. an extra level of realism to where i was like not only is it impressive because never really seen this in a movie before but it's like this is real stuff this isn't 
you know, yeah. it's something that you just made up for this for this movie. So yeah, yeah we we tried to we tried to be as as authentic as possible, and the the technology wasn't like it was. We like you. You went back then. You wouldn't have been able to do like a phone call in real time. Like right. we had to re pre-record like the fake voices to use them, um, and like tweak them to make sure it sounds correct. Because mm -hmm. back then the voices were it was still a little bit roboticy, and you can kind of tell when you know it listening to it. But I think like what was cool is when we started testing the film and showing it to people. People thought we'd just got her to record it in like a robotic take but it was actually yeah. it's like oh no we could actually we could trick you <laughs> you actually thought that was a real voice so there we go yeah awesome um well wow. i'm i'm ready to uh announce my connection i have with this movie and spiral <laughs> oh let's do it let's do totally. it we're coming up on the hour so well, let's i want to hear it i want to hear it yeah. i don't i don't mean this in a bad way first let me just say that but um oh boy the portrayal the portrayal of gay characters in both movie is uh um, yeah, there you go yeah. not um typical of a movie for gay characters. So we talked about Spiral How No happy ending. Boohoo. I loved it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but also this gay friend that she has is not yeah. a good friend. Um, <laughs> not a good buddy. And, but the thing is, I know bitches like that out there. And so like, <laughs> it's, it's true. You know, I can see people that are, you know, watching this and be like, of course he's going to make the gay guy do that. And I was like, no, like if you're mad, that's because you've done it before. Um, and so I, you're telling on yourself yeah i i love that you know you the i wouldn't have the, made that connection yeah. yeah yeah the the lgbt or the gay representation in both of these movies is not typical of of what hollywood would usually do so i like it right well, and cool. I, I'm, I thought I'm the, glad that you you viewed it as a as a positive. As an ambassador of the gay community, yeah. I say, I'm just <laughs> there. We go. Uh, see, and I, I liked him too because even though he wasn't a great friend, he would side with CW or uh, side with Madison when Madison, they were yeah. talking, and then he sided with Ryan when they were talking. I'm like. What what the fuck is this? You're playing both sides here, dude. You, you can't do this. He's not playing both strategic. sides. But once the boyfriend is is uh, needing something and and will give him attention, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna he be on that. Yeah, I, I found it hilarious too that I'm sitting there watching this. You know, me I look at my wife and I'm like, is Ryan really gonna be the fucking guy that figures all this out? I was like, really, Ryan? And then of course, you know, he does figure it out, but it's too late for him because uh, that whole yeah. scene too. How was it like to shoot that scene underwater when CW just yeah. tackles him and then just you know, like how how was was that a difficult shot to do? Because it was also at night, I believe. Yeah, that was yeah. that was tricky. Um, <laughs> we we shot all the underwater stuff in a. They, they have a lot of dive tanks in in oh, Thailand okay. um, for training, and so we we rented out a training facility nice. and like took fabric and blacked out the walls and everything. Um, but that was really challenging. Um, Cassandra like hates water. That was oh, one thing that she <laughs> she like does not like putting her head underwater. Okay, um, and so it was, she she was a real trooper, just like powering through. But that that day was like it was like a solid. 10 to 12 hour day of just us in water oh, so it, wow. for for whatever the 45 seconds of the movie right yeah i was <laughs> so gonna say like pretty, the, pretty the minute, crazy the minute of the movie that it was in um yeah do you have any uh i always like to ask this do you have any fun like bts stories of uh of you and the crew or you and the cast getting into shenanigans or anything is there anything fun that stood out to you uh behind the scenes yeah i'm trying to think of of I mean, how we got that resort was kind of a wild story, actually. Um, oh, that's what I was going to ask, we, too. I forgot to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. How did you get that? That initial. So Paul Spurrier, who plays Rupert, um, is actually, he's a director from Thailand. He was a oh. child actor. Um, and so he 
he did a tape for us and we were just like, oh man, you're going to, this is perfect. You can nail our Rupert. Um, <laughs> and he, we were both doing, so what they had was they had these 14 day quarantine periods where you could leave your hotel, but you couldn't leave the island. Mm. And it just so happened that Paul had just come back from a premiere of his own film um, in the, in Europe somewhere. I forget exactly, but he was also doing a quarantine. So we're like, Oh, let's, let's link up. Like let's, let's meet up. Cause we'd met him once before in our, trip in 2019 when we initially went there mm. um and so he's like why don't you come to this like event it's like a they're doing like a um an orchestra event thing and so we me and tesh uh the guy who wrote it and produced the film with me um we went and we had all we had was like t-shirts because we're 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 not we're just there to make a movie yeah and we show up to this event and it's like cocktail dresses politicians <laughs> oh, no. like this fancy bar event oh, no. and uh, <laughs> and they do this whole orchestra show and uh and we just look like fools we're just like in our, in our t-shirts and looking like tourists in <laughs> who are these hooligans <laughs> we stuck out we definitely stuck out and uh oh. tesh meets this guy starts talking to this guy and just so happened this guy was like a resort tycoon who like owned resorts all around the world um like hundreds of resorts i can't remember but it was, wow. it was absurd and he's like he's like oh you guys are making a movie well why don't well, i'll connect you with all our people here you can check out all the resorts in thailand um awesome. and we'll just we'll hook you up you guys can just shoot there and you guys can stay and we'll give you a deal on our hotels wow. and, and everything for your casting crew um so was, yeah that was that was kind of a fun a, a really crazy kind of serendipitous <laughs> yeah they're just like, like literally just ending up at this yeah, yeah just fell into your lab wow yeah. holy cow yeah. so that was a really funny one wow so then that was like kind of the big house with the pool is that is that what the resort no that, that, so was... that was the resort that madison was staying at, at the beginning yeah and then they also owned the the, the rooftop bar okay uh, hotel in bangkok so those those okay. two locations wow ended up being from this guy yeah. That is so awesome. It was, it was Sitting there wild. in your uh, t-shirt, just like, yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Banyan, wow. Banyan tree. If you go, go check them out, they're definitely worth okay. some really nice hotels. Yeah. All right. Uh, I've got one more thing here. Uh, and Mikey, if you have anything else, let me know. But I just wanted to talk about the ending to the movie. Uh, I just thought it was extremely just great poetic justice for CW to end up on the island that she dumped all the other girls onto. Because like I said, if she were to have gotten away, I would have been fine with that. Like I was like, you know, I like you. I'm not supposed to like you, whatever. But adding that extra yeah. layer of Madison still being alive, her being a Girl Scout, her like knocking CW out and then like I'm taking your boat, uh, even though there was the dead guy on it and someone in a fucking uh, suitcase as well. That was uh, just her driving away. Just like, oh, fuck this. I'm so happy to get out of here. Like that was the ice. Like that was a cherry on top for me. So was that a, was that originally how you were going to do it or did that get added later or was that just part of the original story? Yeah, that was always, I mean, the structure for us was always a bit of a triangle. Okay. Um, kind of going from, we start with Madison, we go to CW, go to Ryan, go back to Madison and then, or go back to CW and then go back to, to Madison. So it was kind of this whole idea of like, we come full circle yep. um, in terms of our, our structure and then just kind of like the idea that it's like CW does kind of get exactly what she's been dishing out. Like right. it's the whole idea of it's, <laughs> okay. and even she finds it kind of ironic in the end. And it, it's, there's just some self-awareness of like, yeah, I got bested. Um, <laughs> but that was always, that was always the sense of like, we can't let her 
can't let her get out of it but right it's not you're not gonna get murdered well because you know I, I was wondering i'm like i don't like madison could be alive but i was like i don't know uh, but yeah, it's like you can't let her get away. And she almost had like a smile on her face when she was on the island. She almost was just like, yeah. that bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a solid ending. Mikey, do you have anything else? No, I I could probably talk for hours more. Oh, but, yeah, um, absolutely. I will not. <laughs> I'll keep my big gay mouth shut for now. Um, but no, I just overall, solid movie. The petty part of me wanted to see Madison beat her ass more, but you know what? I'm I'm trash. Most audience members are going to appreciate the subtle, realistic ending, but you know. Yeah, it was a good ending. Um, that was a- I guess my last question about just uh, you in general, is uh, Super Chill, is that your production company? I noticed, I saw that at the beginning. Yeah, I work with uh, with Brandon Christensen, so we, nice. run, we run that. Okay, yeah. nice. That's awesome. So we do. And Tom did so. the part two. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, yeah. And you said you had some things in the coming up, but nothing to to announce yet, correct? Nothing really announceable yet. We just did another movie with Brandon that he directed. Okay. Um, that's going to be really cool. Uh, it's like uh, a cop movie that oh. just gets so crazy. It's, okay. it's very much like a ride. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got some other stuff in the works that we're hoping to hoping we'll be shooting really soon. Excellent. So yeah. We'll have something to announce. Excellent. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to your uh, to your career. I mean, you've like I said, you started off with two, I mean, Spiral and Influencer. I mean, there's just two solid entries, especially for someone who got into horror so late. I mean, like it's it's very, very interesting to see how original and creative you are, given the fact that because like you lean into some tropes in these movies, but then then you kind of go the other way at the same time. So um, and even with like some of the uh, some of the kills in this movie, they weren't they were like the exact level of gore that I wanted. I didn't really need excessive hyper gore. It's more implied gore. And I was like, you know what? That was a nice touch because it really leaned more into the thriller. So that is Influencer, everybody. Go check that out on Shudder. Spiral is also streaming on Shudder. They are Shudder originals, so they shouldn't be going anywhere, right? Those are there to stay. I think they're there to stay, yeah. Perfect. All right, uh, Curtis, tell everybody where they can find you on social media if you are a part of social media and where they can follow you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Curtis David Harder on both, I believe. And yeah, we'll be uh, doing some more stuff soon. Heck yeah. Mikey, tell everybody where they can hear the sultry sound of your voice on Slasher's podcast and where they can find you on these social medias. You can find me on Instagram at Horror and a Half Show, and you can find me on Slasher's Podcast, where refined podcasts are sold. Sweet and short. I like it. Uh, check us out on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram at Slasher app, Frightmares Podcast. Uh, I actually changed my name to Frightmares Podcast on the TikTok. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd at Dr. Proctor. Mikey, you are... Mikey and the T-Rex. Mikey and the T-Rex. But I have T-Rex. very unpopular opinions about movies. <laughs> hey, so do I. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, that This will be the last episode for the month besides our bonus episode where we talk to Miss Jenna Cannell from Terrifier and Renfield. It has been a very... Uh, we've had a lot of guests this month. It, it's been great. Thank you, Mikey, for all the hookups and all these people. I really appreciate it. Uh, so until next week, guys, stay tuned and stay spooky. <laughs>